They called it the Awakening, the supernatural event that gave part of the population supernatural powers and left others normal, human. But society has always struggled to accept those who were different. Citizens rebelled, nations went to war, and millions died in a futile battle that left the world shattered and barren. This week, A Glint of Mischief presents Blood Awakens, a sci-fi fantasy by Jessica Willis. Hello, I'm Judah Lamy. Welcome to A Glint of Mischief, a weekly podcast where you get to preview some of the great indie books out there. Each episode is the reading of the first chapter of an independently published book, available to buy right now. And before we get going here, this week's episode might be a bit on the bloody side. Kind of like a werewolf cooking show. So, consider yourself warned. Now, let's get to the reason we're all here. Yes? A secret, one that could cost Sean his life, had him dodging the skitterish glances of the other soon-to-be passengers on the metro rail platform. Their curious scrutiny was obvious, only one question burgeoning behind everyone's eyes. Who was awakened, and who wasn't? Fortunately for Sean, there was no way they could know what he was just by looking at him. When he found a place to settle... A calculated, safe distance away from everyone else, he let his harsh gaze settle over the concrete bricks. Nostrils flaring, Sean tried to calm the pounding of his heart with a deep, relaxing inhale. But the stench of everyone around him forbid it. In turn, his heart rate accelerated. He found himself focusing on the rhythm for a short while by accident. Thump-thump thump thump and that stirred more bad memories he tried thinking of something else anything other than his employer's decision former employer's decision he corrected but the scene kept replaying in his mind it felt surreal surely they couldn't just fire him because he was different it was prejudice the very definition of discrimination And yet they had, and they'd done it legally. After all, his kind weren't protected under the law. Prejudice wasn't new to him. Having a dark complexion meant he'd grown up being accustomed to people's distrusting glances, to unfair treatment, and at times to outright hatred. But this was different. This was a new kind of prejudice, one he was still getting used to. When the Metro pulled up, Sean started to merge with the others to board, but stopped short when he saw the advertisement on the side of the light rail. 
People bumped into him on their way in and out of the car as he stood motionless, reading, The Awakened. Demons? Militarized experiments? Aliens? Sean ignited. Outrage, terror, despair. He couldn't tell which emotion he was feeling. The mixture so hostile that it became a volcanic soup of inner turmoil waiting for release. It wasn't fair. No one asked to be awakened. At least he hadn't. Even though his own awakened power was unseen, Sean popped his hoodie up and loaded the light rail car, trying not to act different, suspicious, whatever that meant. But inside the cramped rail car, his powers seemed to amplify. Instead, the light drumming of heartbeats that he'd sensed at the platform from all those around him, once inside, the car walls acted like a sounding board, bouncing back every individual pulse with a tangible force. Sean's nose twitched. The scent had become stronger, too. The close proximity allowed him to be able to distinguish blood types. Whether anyone had a virus or infection that was transmitted by blood, and that there was no other awakened on board with him. But it wasn't just for his ability of noticing blood that had the media calling his type of awakened blood guides. It was because they could command blood. With a gentle hum, Sean could serenade the exposed blood of an injured person, and it would respond, seeking its host and returning like a curative gel. For a while, he'd wondered why they weren't being called healers instead. But past life experience reminded him it didn't matter that his ability was virtuous or in life-saving. Different was different. And it always had been. As the train accelerated, Sean grabbed a nearby metal pole for stabilization. He spent the next minute eyeing everyone, wondering who could be trusted and where he should sit. It made him feel like a paranoid wreck, but caution seemed to be the only reliable instinct he had these days. So much for acting normal, he thought, realizing how he must look and finally choosing a spot close to the door. At the next stop, a middle-aged woman with a newspaper loaded grabbed the empty seat beside him. He couldn't help but look over her shoulder, and when he read the headline, he wished he hadn't. It was the same every day. Another awakened, murdered under the guise of self-defense. Huh, serves them right, the woman said when she noticed his gaze. Tapping the main story with the back of her hand, she nodded her head, all too confident and comfortable. If you ask me, they should all be imprisoned, or better yet, put to death. Sean took a closer look at the article. The boy in the main story had only been fifteen. For his own safety, Sean gave an agreeable nod and pretended like the train was at his stop a good thirty blocks early. In a lot of ways, nothing had changed. It was the same song, just with different lyrics. Now, instead of an obsession with the dangers of different racial and religious groups, every newsstand, every billboard, every conversation anyone had revolved around the awakening and the threat that people with powers posed. 
Ironically, and unsurprisingly to Sean, in reality, the people causing the most harm right now are all the panicked and bigoted or unawakened. It would be laughable if it wasn't so tragic. A few steps down the street and a three-tone jingle alerted him that he had a new voicemail. He checked the name and frowned. It was a rare occasion to receive a call from his brother. Please don't be bad news, he implored before pressing play. He'd already lost his job today, and he wasn't sure how much more he could take. (sighs) Listen, Sean, things have escalated. Samson spoke through the ragged breaths, not the kind that meant physical exertion, but the short, choppy inhales of panic. The government is going to declare war on the people, on us. Riots have already broken out in all the major cities across the world, if you can believe it. Sean was sorry to say he could. People were scared, confused, and outraged. The ones with powers couldn't figure out what was happening to them or why, and the ones without struggled with the same. He'd already seen his fair share of hate crimes directed at various awakened individuals, mostly the ones with an outward distinction. It's it's not safe here, his brother continued. Hell, it's not safe anywhere, but... Samson sucked in air through his teeth. I'm telling you, things are about to get bad. Worse than they were during the last world war. The chill of fear iced over him. World War III had cost humanity over a quarter of the world's population, their father among them. Just meet me at your place when you clock off. We gotta leave town, tonight. I'll take you to the base, it's safe there. For people like us, I mean. I know, I know, going to a military base before they declare war sounds whack, but I'll explain later. All right, see you soon. Peace. The frantic tone of the message alone was enough to give Sean concern, let alone his brother's intel, of an impending war. No an impending genocide. But what really quickened his pace was Samson's request to meet at the house. It meant his brother was in town, nearly five months ahead of schedule. Sean knew that things must be in motion if it was serious and timely enough that Samson had abandoned his station to come gather his younger brother. Sean sprinted the rest of the way. By the time he reached his mailbox, his stomach dropped. The front door was unhinged. Windows shattered. Graffiti covered the garage tucked beneath his house and every other flat surface. Words like blood demon and vampire, slurs meant to alert the community of the danger living next door, were like red flashing sirens along the paneling. It was like he was staring at someone else's home. He could hardly recognize it. Suddenly, Sean's spine stiffened. He could hear three heartbeats coming from inside. Then, the stagnant stench of iron enveloped him like a cloud. Blood. Fresh blood. But Sean's ability examined it further, noted the subtlety of a musty leather odor, specific only to the blood of a reuter. Sean's shoes screeched against the pavement as he bounded for the stairs, Samson. Sean burst into the house, eyes wide with a concoction of rage and desperation and fear. He was prepared to search top to bottom, 
but no further exploration was needed. Sean stood motionless in the living room. His brother's disfigured corpse contorted and covered in blood on the floor. Surrounding Samson's body were three people, a woman and two men, all heaving from the effort it took to brutally beat someone whose ability gave them enhanced strength. To Sean, they blurred together through searing tears. What have you done? He whispered softly, eye twitching as they turned to the doorway. He shouted louder, What have you done? Anguish lit the fuse, but it was the sight of and scent of blood that ignited him. Where he had shown restraint with his boss, here there was none. Sean lost all sense of control. In that moment, he was not the master. The blood was. It called him to action, and he let it take over. A rumbling hum escaped Sean's throat. Each of their heartbeats became louder as he honed in on their sources of life. His mind zipped through every drop of their blood, attaching to it, claiming it. By the time anyone realized what he was doing, it was too late. By now, their veins were beginning to bulge. The woman whimpered as she reached for her face, her fingers smeared into her own warm blood oozing from her nostrils, eyes, and mouth. This side of his power Sean had never seen, but it came to him instinctively, a primal need, an entranced state of bloodlust. He let the call in his throat continue, only becoming more ravenous the more blood that seeped from their murderous bodies. One of the men managed to croak, You're the one! We came for you! Sean didn't respond. Later, that thought would tear into him like shrapnel. But in this moment, it was nothing more than ashes floating from a fire, weightless. The ceremony had already begun, and he was no longer himself, no longer tethered by morals and reason. In an almost inaudible tune, he continued his song to the blood, and she obeyed constricting and coagulating inside their helpless bodies. Why stop now? The seductive nature of his power beckoned, filling every crevice of his mind. It was the invisible bond between him and the people before him. The question she posed was one he didn't have to answer. These people didn't deserve to live. That was as much the blood's choice as it was Sean's. The rolling sonnet in his lungs burst with a blood-curdling screech. By his command, the blood of the woman and the one of the men ruptured from beneath their skin in a fleshy tidal wave. The blast coated everything in the small, living space in a thick red gore. Blood soaked into Sean's clothing and streamed down his neck, but he hardly noticed. All he could focus on was the sound of the remaining beating heart. The last man sputtered, a sneer pulling relentlessly at his lips. <laughs> you can kill me, but it won't bring him back. He spat with conviction, a frothy pink splatter coating the carpet. And you'll be next. We won't let your kind win. Whatever he was saying didn't matter, though, because Sean could barely hear him. 
The song of the man's thrumming heartbeat drew him in. He not only heard it, but could feel every drop of blood as it coursed beneath the man's flesh. Sean tightened his control just to feel the drumming race louder. He inhaled a breath, the ecstasy of it shivering down his spine. Nothing else mattered anymore. All he needed was this man's blood. Finish him, the enchantress hissed. Let his blood run free. The unseen but palpable tether between them tugged, begging him to complete the ritual he'd started. There was no doubt he wanted to oblige, wanted to liberate it, to allow the ruby essence to flow to its rightful place, to him. When Sean cracked his neck preparing for the kill, he inadvertently caught his reflection in the mirror above the couch. At first, he thought there was someone else in the room with him, a creature of nightmares, but on a double take, through eyes black as ink, he saw the reality. There was no creature. There was no it. It was him. Drenched in pulp, Sean was covered in viscera like a monster creeping up from a lagoon. The smell of death wafted across his blood-stained face, and like a flash of lightning he saw the people he'd murdered erupting all over again. It had all come from him, from his newfound power. There was no manual for this, for being awakened. Everyone was still figuring it out, even Sean, who up until this moment only knew he could heal people. He should have known... Where there's life, death follows. Sean's body unclenched. On the next blink, his eyes shifted back from pure black to their usual white and brown balance. The pull of the bloodlust tried to regain its hold again, but feral need no longer fueled his entirety. Haunted by his reflection, by his actions, Sean severed the bond between him and the man at his feet, one last fatal pump of energy. Hardly a noise escaped his victim as his heart imploded inside his chest. Sean had never used so much power before. It left him hobbled, fatigued, and he crumpled beside the bodies with a shudder. He could barely keep his eyes open, but he didn't dare close them either, or else risk being reminded of what he really was. An awakened... a blood guide... Perhaps everyone was right to fear them. Dimly, Sean tried reassuring himself that it had been an accident, a mistake, that he just didn't know how to control his abilities yet. But he remembered the pleasure he took in killing his brother's assailants, how badly he'd wanted to make them all suffer. Maybe it was just in his nature now. When Sean finally regained the will to move, the sound of nearby sirens rung in his ears. The last thing he needed was to be caught at the scene of his brother's murder. No one would believe his story, not as a black man and certainly not as a blood guide. But he couldn't just leave, either. Sean took one last look at his brother, identity tags still laying limply around his neck. Beneath the pools of blood, he could see the talisman their father had given Samson. A singular die, carved out of amethyst, 
hung from a short beaded chain meant for good luck. A lot of good it had done either of them. Something prevented Sean from believing it was true. Samson couldn't be, he... He couldn't even think the word, let alone say it. Gone. He was the only family Sean had left. Their father had died in combat during World War III, and their mother passed just last year. Samson was the best friend, the man he'd learned how to be a man from. He had goals, dreams, he'd just made sergeant. The two of them had planned on going to Italy next year. For a second, Sean tried binding to his brother's blood, a desperate attempt at healing him. It was like trying to hold water. His life just kept slipping through his fingers. He had been gone too long. Tears slid free from Sean's eyes as the disbelief evaporated. His brother was dead. It felt wrong to loot his body, but even worse to leave the necklace to be forgotten. With deep sorrow, Sean bent down and unhooked the dog tags and die from Samson's neck. Then he began to hum. A sweet and gentle noise, unlike the deadly sound he'd made earlier. Dried flecks of red unstuck themselves from the necklace and pooled in the air. Larger globules, still moist, followed until every droplet of blood was removed. Sean commanded it off his own body as well, and turned away before he could watch the mass of it slap down to the floor, covering his brother anew. With a hard swallow, Sean stomached his grief and coronated himself the new wearer of his brother's dog tags. Thank you. The temptress of blood whispered as he took his final steps outside his home. Until we meet again. That was the first chapter of Blood Awakens by Jessica Willis. Jessica is a fantasy and science fiction author with an inclination toward the dark, dystopian, and paranormal subgenres. She is fascinated with some of humanity's greatest challenges and enjoys using her novels as a platform to dissect things like racism, mental health, and grief. If you enjoyed this reading, you can find Blood Awakens, the full book on Amazon, as well as the second in the series, Puppet's Dream, releasing on December 29th. If you're interested in diving even deeper into the world of The Awakened, Jessica offers a free short story prequel for readers who subscribe to her newsletter at www.jessicawillis.com. There is a link in the show notes. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. If you did indeed enjoy it, there are many ways for you to show your appreciation. For one, you can help spread the word about the podcast on social media. You can find posts about the podcast at Glint of Mischief on Twitter. Also, the submission window for the podcast is open now. So if you want to hear your book read on the podcast, head on over to the website for more information. That's glintofmischief.com. Until next time, 
See you around. Thank you.